Hello and welcome to a solo episode of the Hooters Podcast. This is episode 306 and I'm your host, Jeff Glucker, and I just opened a beer from a brewery I've never even heard of before called Out of Bounds Brewing Company. Um, it says Heavy Metal Hippie. It's a double IPA. It's only 8%, so not too crazy. Brewed in Folsom, California. Out of Bounds Brewing Company. Um, this is part of their Rockstar series, so let's see what this is all about. Big first sip. Pretty mild, neutral, nothing too crazy there. Um, let me adjust this light a little bit. Uh, well, okay, whatever. Who cares? Um, sorry about that. Good. Noises happening in the background, but none of that matters because we are recording a podcast. And this is a solo one. Ron is off at SEMA looking at all the Bluetooth drive shafts and all the mayhem and all the fun stuff um, in his super spreader event. Um <laughs> Whatever, that's neither here nor there. Um, so, tonight I want to talk mostly about my current obsessive plan for the Montero, then dive into some Twitter questions, um, and we'll go from there. It's not going to be an overly long episode of the podcast, but my goal since relaunching uh, the Hooniverse podcast is not to stress about the time of these things and just to get them out. Uh, a minimum runtime. In the past, I used to try to shoot for an hour. Uh, these days, as long as I clear 30 minutes, I think that's pretty good. Um, and normally we're going to wind up, though, 45 to an hour. But I don't, I'm don't. i not going to stress about it if it's if it's under that time. Uh, I used to get a little bit worried about run times and all that stuff. And I don't need that shit in my life. So um, especially for something I'm not really making any money off of and um, all that stuff. I am happy to do it, though. I'm happy to bring it back. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and then since I'm blathering on in the beginning of this, I might as well say go to blipshift.com slash Hooniverse. Check out our new uh, livery style t-shirt, some of our older designs. Buy some stickers. Do that fun stuff if you want to. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel because that helps with the algorithm. And then um, if you, wherever you listen to this on a podcast, if you throw a rating there too, all of that stuff helps us. Again, really appreciate it. So on to what I want to do with the Montero. I can't stop thinking about the idea of installing a storage area slash sleep platform. Um, I want... To, I was talking to a few people and I was hoping to find someone to build it, but the reality is the cost for someone to do that is probably likely going to be a ton of money. And I think I can build this myself. And I'm not a very handy person, uh, really at all. I have some friends who are handy. Sorry, I'm just getting over a cold. I have some friends who are handy. Um, I can lean on them for some knowledge, but I don't think it's going to be that difficult because it's not like there's crazy angles. It's really just about measuring correctly. The key point here, though, is that I don't want to remove my second row to do this. I want to still have a fully functional Montero. So in my head, the sleep platform would have a hinged component that rests against the back of the second row of seats. And then I can fold that row down. The hinge section would fold down on top of it. And I would put some kind of poles just for added support ahead of the front row of seats. Um, and then basically I now would have a flat sleeping platform. Towards the back of that, it would be tall enough in the back. I drew it up too. My very 
handy schematic set, I'm, uh, which if you're listening to this, you can't see, but I'm going to show it anyway so I can see what I'm talking about here. So it's easier if I do it this way. This is looking at it from above. Basically, you know, two thirds of it are one way. There'll be a hinge and there'll be the flat section. And then I've accounted for the width of the widest part in the back and then also accounted the narrowest part, basically where the C-pillars are. There's, it comes in a little bit because underneath the C-pillars is where the seat belts run. And then this, if you can see this diagram, which listening again, you can't, this would be looking at it from the back of the Montero, assume the door is open. So it'd be across the top, there'd be a piece here, a piece here, maybe a third piece in the middle just for added stability for my fat boy body on top of it. But that would create two basically compartments underneath, really more, but if you're looking at it from the back two compartments not counting the side bits so i would want a drawer here and i think over here i would want a slide out fridge over here and then further ahead of that i could probably hide um, a secondary battery and other bits for the added components and stuff i would need for the fridge and then if i'm going to do a fridge i would probably add some sort of um temporary solar i could dole out but that that's easy enough to do um, so what i want to do is i want to I've taken the measurements. I have to account for where the speakers are back there. So if there weren't speakers back there, you could go up above above the wheel wells and you could build there, but then that wouldn't be tall enough for, for the storage in the fridge. So I need to go taller to clear the speaker grills that kind of jut out a little bit anyway, which is fine because I'm still below the window line for the platform. And then at that point, it is tall enough for, I would do one of those slide out trays for the fridge and I think I would do a slide out drawer. And I was looking at, um, there's a company called Goose Gear, which makes beautiful stuff, really nicely built stuff. However, the prices are crazy. What people pay for this stuff is wild. However, I will say it is kind of nice that they're building some of these, these kits for vehicle specific applications. So if you have, you know, uh, JL, JK Wranglers, you have Tacoma's Forerunners, they make it so that you can like just pop that second row seat out, get this mounting plate down on the floor. All of their stuff is modular then to attach to it. It's, I understand why you would pay that much to have something so simple where it, you could install it at home in a day, done, boom, in a couple hours. And, and it looks clean, it looks awesome. It looks like it's built really well. That said, that's not what my Montero is going to be about. And honestly, for the drawer, I could probably, Si if I size it correctly and make it look nice enough, I could probably get a decent drawer as long as it was strong enough from like Ikea to fit into there. Um, and really let's homebrew this thing. And then for the top sleep platform, I would probably do like a thin carpeted material over the top of it and do a brown, similar brown tan, similar to what's already in there. So it looks like it fits. Um, you get the hinge in there. I would probably maybe kind of build in some access ports too into the top platform to where behind the storage of the drawer would go that I could put extra stuff like maybe recovery gear that I won't hopefully need that often, but could live in the truck so it was always there, jumper cable, stuff like that. So it's hidden in a way, but if I needed it, I could get to it. Um, my buddy I was even talking to him about, because he said if I was nervous about those speaker grills, one thing you could do, because it's really hard to hear those speakers back there anyway, because it's not a great sound system, minus the head unit and the front two speakers. Um, and it's something I've been meaning to address on the Montero, is the sound, because I like good sound in my cars. Um, and I haven't had that since the Mercedes, uh, which had an awesome sound system. Thank you, Clarion. Um, the, the, 
um, the rear speakers, what I could do is increase the length of the wires and then run them up and under to the top part of the sleep platform in a sense. Well, now that I'm thinking about that, though, that won't work with the hinge. The way we described it was cool. I could get them just before the hinge. Either way, you could get them out and then up into the bottom of the platform portion if you had a perforated area so it opened up and you could let the sound come. And then the whole thing would actually kind of act like a giant speaker box, which would be an unforeseen benefit. For I mean, I'm, just, I'm talking about it now, but potentially that could be kind of a cool application to move the speaker location. It's the least important part of it, obviously. But um, I, th I think... I think this is something I can tackle myself because the frame, the base of it, is basically two by four based. Um, that's where we're gonna get most of the support is two by four based. Um, so you know, you know, one two. You, you say you say you need like six two by fours. So one two one two one two. Talking about across and forward. The total length from and I'm coming about. I'm starting about two inches inside the rear door. Um, because there's a, a curvature to the back of the vehicle that I don't want to have to cut a perfect fit for the way it sits in the truck. I want to start where the curvature kind of straightens out. That's where I want the line to be. So there's no issues about door shutting. And then if I wanted to, on the inside of that rear door, I can add a drop-down um, table, which I've been wanting to do as well and would just be an even greater fit now with the rest of this build-out going on for it. i got to figure out what the gross vehicle weight restrictions or ratings are for the Gen 1 Montero um, to see where I'm at on that because I obviously don't want to exceed that but this build isn't it's not gonna be that heavy and somebody said one of my good friends said instead of using wood for the top of the sleep platform use MDF because you can make it strong there's a lot less sanding and, and stuff involved it's cheap and you could probably make it work really well and go from there so that's where I'm at on the sleep platform front on the Montero I just think it'd be a cool addition to the vehicle especially because it, it it would be if i sell the vehicle down the road which i don't have plans to do it would be removable you know you would it i'm not attaching it directly to the structure of the vehicle um i would have it secured because there are uh four tie downs from the factory inside the rear area of the Montero. There's little metal loops already bolted to the floor that pop up through the carpeting in there. So I could secure the whole thing to that so it wouldn't move around at all. It'd be in there nice and tight. But then if I needed to take it out, I could you know, get the top off, re release from the tie downs and pull it out. Um, I could even hinge the sides too. That way you could leave the top on and pull it out. There's a couple ways I could do it. I've never really built something like this and tackled it but it is in my head and i can't stop thinking about it and i really feel like i could do this myself and even if it's kind of like just okay for a first attempt just okay is probably going to be good enough for something like this because it's going to be better than i really think this could be better than sleeping on the ground in a tent which i don't hate but this could be better than that and then I, I would never add a rooftop tent. I, I'm not a big rooftop tent guy. Um, so I'm not going to go that route. Though if I do go this route, I think I would eventually... My plan was to never add a roof rack to the top of the Montero. But I might go with the, the slimmest roof rack I can get to then add an awning 
because I really like the idea of if I'm, I'm making this a bit more of a camping vehicle, having an awning would be a really nice feature, especially camping in the warmer days. And then, um, and then some lighting, obviously. I mean, if you got to do a roof rag, you got to throw some lights up there, right? I, I, lighting is fun. Obviously, it would just be off-road use lighting, um, but it would be kind of cool to like, you know, if you're going to do it, might as well make it look kind of cool without going over the top. I wouldn't be putting like shovels and pickaxes and high lift jacks and other like bullshit. A shovel's not bullshit, but um, I wouldn't be putting stuff that wouldn't be used up there. I would, I would, I would be putting the roof rack on for the purposes of the awning, hence why I would want it to be as thin as possible. I want the thinnest roof rack possible up there. And then the lights are because while we're up there, you know, more lights for, for actual off-roading is always fun. So that stuff would get used. So then we add in the, the, the deep cycle battery for the fridge purposes. I would have some kind of, that's somewhere where the solar, I'd even, I would either have the roll away, roll away solar that you only put out when you're using it. Cause I don't think I would just leave solar up there all the time. I don't think that would be very necessary though. I mean, it could, it could just sit there and, and keep that, that, battery chugging along i'm not 100 sure i gotta do more research on that one and see what the options are that i know that there are a lot of very flexible solar things where you roll them up you, you set them out and you're good to go so i mean maybe something could live up there but i wasn't planning on that that's kind of just something that popped into my head right now however the sleep platform could make this montero i love my montero and i just think this could make it more fun i just don't want to compromise like it i can tell if, if I fully load up that rear cargo area with stuff, I can feel it in the vehicle. When we when my family and I went camping and we took our vehicle, because was, I was supposed to take the Defender 90 camping, but the rear cargo and that thing is a joke. We took this, the Montero, it swallowed all the stuff up, but I could feel it on the mountain roads. I could definitely feel it. And I, I, would, I would be bummed if putting the sleep platform in and all of a sudden on the road, it's like, it just... It's not a, a powerful, fast vehicle from the factory, brand new. These made like 140 horsepower, and I w it would it would really make me sad if I built this, did this, and it came out good, and like it actually worked. You put a sleeping pad on top of it when it was time to go to bed when you're camping, and then all of a sudden, like I can't go anywhere. Um, that would suck. I, I would hate that. On on that end, my I'm, I'm daydreaming too of a different thing, which is not going to happen anytime soon if at all if ever because you know my luck and timing with engine swaps i the other thing i can't get out of my head is the cummins r28 so the cummins r28 is a cummins crate engine which came out what four years ago now it's a 2.8 liter turbo diesel is it a four cylinder or a six cylinder um it, i mean 2.8 makes me think six cylinder but I'm gonna Google it right now because I could be it could be a big ass four cylinder. But I, for some reason I think it's a, a six. What is it? It is a yeah, it's a four cylinder. It's a it's a big four cylinder, <clears throat> and it makes 161 horsepower and 310 pound feet of torque, which is just. Oh, I mean, it, it, it would make the Montero feel like a rocket ship, um, and you could just crawl and wheel over everything, but. The, those engines are $8,000 and they're not, the rumor was that they were supposed to make, the plan was to make them California carb legal and I don't think that it ever happened. However, I was reading online that pre-OBD2 light trucks, if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, you can, you can do engine swaps on pre-OBD2 light duty trucks. 
I have a tickle in my throat. I don't know why. <coughs> Excuse me. So I got to do more research on that because if it is possible, I mean, I don't want to just throw eight. Th- I, I can't. I can't throw the equivalent of this at the Montero. I'm pointing outside. I pointed over the, my shoulder to my Jag, for those of you listening. Um, I cannot put the equivalent of this Jag into the engine bay of the Montero. Uh, again, I should say. <laughs> because, yeah, after I... Early in the Montero's life cycle, it bent a valve, it needed head work, and, and that whole bill was very expensive because it was also the same time I was getting the suspension installed, uh, the skid plate made, like a bunch of shit. And it, was a, it was a bill all at once where my ass nearly fell out of the bottom of my body, um, and it sucked. It sucked bad, but Montero's running strong and everything ever since. <laughs> so let's put a new engine in, dipshit. Um, uh, maybe if I sell the Jag to fund, like if, if I found out that it was, if the California Air Resource Board was like, yeah, you can do that swap. And then I'm like, you know what? Okay, Jag, time to go. Because I, I don't have an emotional attachment to this Jag at all. I, I love it. It's super cool. I love the like the the black cat, gold wheels, comfortable interior, V8 engine under the hood. Super fun car. Um, but again, I'm not like, oh man, I'm going to miss the Jag. Like, Whatever, man. I, I, if I really wanted another XJ6, they're not. I they're not going up in value right now. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> so sorry, sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Um, and if this could get me into the R28 in a California legal swap into the Montero, I think it. I think I'd have to do that, and then I would just keep the Montero forever, which I'm probably going to do anyway. Um, but that's where we're, we're at on the Montero. I want to build. A platform. If you have any knowledge of building these, please reach out to me and give me advice. I would love to hear it. Jeff at Hooniverse.com or reach out to me via social meteors and all that fun stuff, whatever you want to do. Um, we're, 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 I'm here for it. We're, it's just a solo episode. We're here for it, bro. Royal we. Um, no, that's, that's, that's what I want to do with that. And I think it could be a lot of fun. And I think it would feel really good to to build it. Like when we did the work on the F100. Yeah, I did the work with my friend Tim, former, uh, you know, uh, the co-founder of Hooniverse with me. Uh, former, he, he's not a part of the website anymore. We had an amicable split so he could just go do his day job and not worry about the site. Like we're still friends. We still raise lemons. It's just I'm the only one who owns Hooniverse now. Um, but he, um, when we did the F100 stuff together, it was great getting my hands that deep in an engine that I'd never done before. You know, we, he's like, hey, we're going to do all this stuff to the engine. Pulling the engine, I was like, oh, my God. And to change valve seals and, and do clutch and, and all this stuff, and cam and, and stuff I'd never done before. He's like, But to have guidance was very helpful. The only thing is here, I wouldn't have guidance. But the only other thing is, like, I feel like I couldn't screw this up that badly. Like, it's just going to be a little bit of wood, a little bit of carpeting. Um, the worst part... I would just have to make sure everything's square so that the drawer slides out correctly. And, um, you know, if I measure correctly, do take my time. There's no reason why I can't do this. I mean, there's one big reason that I don't have a saw. <laughs> but my neighbor does, and he would let me use his table saw. But, fair point, <laughs> that's kind of an important thing to need to cut the wood. Um, and that's the other thing, though. 
cost of wood right now, right? It's still high. I, I mean, I, I, nothing has changed to bring the cost of wood down as far as I know. So I got to research that too, which is why the MDF, I got to research the price of that versus the plywood top for the top of it and weight. And if the MDF makes more sense, like my buddy says, who owns a woodworking business. Um, he started it during COVID and he's doing well. And, and he made um, our display underneath our TV. He had it shipped to us and we put it together after he shipped it to us because he's based in Illinois. So uh, he's do, he's doing awesome. I, I will I'll link his, if you need woodworking stuff done, I will link his, his shop in the description of the video or put it up here um, because I can't think of the name of it right now because I'm a terrible friend. Um, and I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick because I, I feel really, really bad about um, that. But he, he had, like I said, he had some 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 good ideas about what you should do for TS builds. Yes. Let me pull that up. TS builds USA. So follow him. He's making like he made this really nice table. You know, he's doing some, he does, he's not, he's not, um, he's making a lot of these bath boards. Those are selling really well for him. And I know this is an automotive podcast and I should be talking about that kind of stuff, but I'm not at the moment. Uh, I think that's him actually working on the media stand that lives underneath our um, TV right now in our living room. Um, that's what that looks like to me. Uh, actually, if you're if you are a longtime Hooniverse fan, this is Tom with the '69 Firebird. So TS Builds USA. There you go. Go back if you go on Hooniverse's YouTube channel. You can find we did a two-part video where we put. Um, shocks with full suspension in tom's 69 firebird which he still owns made the move from california to illinois with him um he used to be a finance guy he got out of that world and he's he is following his passion and trying to do the whole thing with this woodworking and he's doing a good job so there you go um and his firebird is still pretty rad so that's where I am. If you have ideas, please hit me up. And um, again, I'm super sorry about the nose. My daughter, my daughter was just sick for a few days, and as I'm taking care of her, I'm like, "This is this is coming for me. It's coming for me." And sure enough, on her last day being sick, I I got hit for two days, and now I'm I feel this is the first day I feel great, but I probably sound like a big dum dum with my stuffy nose. And here we go. All right, I'm jumping to Twitter questions because that's what we're doing here today. And I saw a couple of these, and I'm going to have some weird reactions to some of these just when we get to it. But let's start off with that dude, Pasha, at Pasha Nazrat. Electric was big at SEMA. F100 Illuminator, Hot Rod Project X, Maki. Some people aren't happy. I would argue this is the best time to be an auto enthusiast, as the OEMs will have some outrageous blowout ICE vehicles, and the aftermarket is beginning to embrace EV win-win. Not really a question. However... I agree with you. The F100 Illuminator is amazing. That crate motor could go into so many things. As soon as Ford figures out the battery and controller to package it as a turnkey solution, huge. I was even joking about with Tim, um, uh, former co-founder of Hooniverse, well, still co-founder of Hooniverse, Tim O'Dell, my Lemons teammate, how sick that would be if we had the Illuminator under the hood of our Ranchero, our 62 Ranchero for lemons. We wouldn't be replacing head gaskets. We wouldn't be chasing down that stuff. He said he would swap it in. He daily drives a 64 Falcon. He would he would 
happily swap into that. Um, but the problem is batteries and controllers aren't cheap right now. So once Ford figures out how to package it all in one go, they're good to go. Because right now that that motor on its own is only like $3,900, which seems pretty good to me. Um, and that, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think this is a happy time for automotive enthusiasts. Because at the same time, Chevy also rolled out the 632 1000 horsepower engine. So it's gas isn't dead, but EVs are catching up to the fun quotient. Matthew at plays with cars. How much more fun was washing a car with a foam cannon? What Halloween candy? Well, I'm gonna take these at a, at a at a thing. How much more fun was washing a car with a foam cannon? For the record, I borrowed his pressure washer pressure washer to use a foam cannon because McGuire sent me some foam stuff to test out and review, and it was awesome. You just spray, you hose the car down, completely coat it. The dirt almost just drips off. And then it's an easy wash in there. It was all foam cannon is tons of fun. Halloween candy is your go-to. Every all the chocolate I stole from my daughters. If you have a child and you don't do the switch witch, you are crazy right now. I can literally right here in my desk. I still have a bunch left over. I've eaten most of it, like a load. Um, but the switch witch, for those of you unaware, is you tell your daughter, pick out what you want. The rest of the candy are giving to the switch witch, and in return you get um, a gift, something simple. So I now have a bunch of candy, and she got some stupid little toy that she wants. And she got to save like full-size candy bars, like a, a few candy. Um, so I'm a I'm a chocolate guy. I, I chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. What do you think of the interior of the Ford F100 Illuminator build? Um, I wish they would have kept it. I feel like they could have done that part better. Um, they, I mean, they still even had the logo of the Mach E in the dash panel. I feel like they could have made that. I liked the the fabric patterns on some of like the, the, the door cards and the seats and all that stuff, but I, I, I feel like they could have made that a bit more retro and that would have been even cooler, like sunk in that tablet thing deeper into the dash so it fit better. Um, I didn't hate it. I just thought the rest of the truck was so good. The interior, I wish they went in a different direction. Besides your Montero, what would you in want to install Ford's E-Crate motor in? I already said our Ranchero. Um, my, I would, <laughs> I would buy my F100 back and throw it in there. Would be amazing. And then, I mean, this Jag would be a good candidate. And my old Benz would would have been amazing with the uh, Illuminator. And then favorite Vegas restaurant? I don't have one though i do concede that there are a ton of amazing places to eat in vegas everybody dumps on vegas for all of correct reasons however if you are a food lover you can find some amazing food in vegas from like the lowest low fast food that you've always wanted to try to insane high-end stuff i do not have a favorite restaurant there though um i did have really good sushi though once at bellagio so okay Greg Seek at Greg Seek Catch, Greg Catchadurian, who's our news editor. What would a Hooniverse booth at SEMA look like? What kind of show cars would we have and what useless product would we sell? Um, it would We'd have a joke Versa in there, which is a long-running internal Hooniverse joke. Uh, when, when someone's when someone does something wrong, we, we say they've been Versa'd, which means they're fired, which nobody really works here for money, so it, it, nobody ever actually gets fired. Um, so we'd, ha we'd have a bunch of verses for no reason and nobody would get the joke and we'd never be allowed back in SEMA. Um, we would just have our own cars because if, if we were important enough to be at SEMA, that would mean that people would care about the cars we we have. Um, 
Though I, I have ideas for, <laughs> of course I do. I have ideas for automakers if they ever wanted to team up on SEMA builds. I have ideas. Um, I w- really want to build an overland transit um, to haul mountain bikes and camp in. And also, though, to that transit, I want to do Mountain or Cobb, probably Mountain. Uh, you know, you can bump that thing to 400 horsepower in a heartbeat because it's the it's the EcoBoost engine. Get some really good wheels at each corner, some nice tires, and really build out the interior in an amazing way. And that would be my my dream vehicle. One of my one of my dream vehicles. Um, the the wagon would be done if we had money for a SEMA booth. <laughs> And uh, maybe um, something with that illuminator motor, since uh, illuminator motor, since that's the the kick-ass thing of the year. Another one from that dude Pasha. What was your reaction to the L.A. Times Battle of the Boo piece? Did more harm than good? Uh, that's his first question of two. Um, yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird piece. It's a weird story. It's a, the whole situation is insane. It seems like um, some people in that shopping center don't want it to happen. Um, and I, I guarantee you those people are buying coffees and food. And, and I know Malibu Kitchen is likely happy that they go because they're friends with Spike and those people. Um, the Starbucks gets business. And then those people are out of there, you know, at a reasonable hour so that the people who are normally coming to shop can go shop. So I, I don't the, the, the reaction from the local police are it's insane. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's I'm not that upset. It's not near me. I've never been to that car show. I feel bad for my friends who like that car show. Um, but um, I was gonna go once. I t- woke my daughter up. We went. I d- I have no idea what day it was on. This was before it was every Saturday. Um, I was like, oh, maybe it's today. And we hopped in the Montero. We drove up. And there's no one there. <laughs> there was like six motorcycles. So my daughter and I got um, breakfast there because you know it is a nice place to grab grab some food and. Then a table over from us, we're talking about how Kyle Rittenhouse was justified. I'm like, we gotta go. We gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, next question from that dude, Pasha. Assuming Lucid has press cars, what kind of beer run would you plan with a 500 plus mile range? Russian River, Firestone Walker, Kern River, McElhaney Brewing. Very good question because uh, last two times I've had Porsche Taycan press cars, I've gone on long range beer runs. With a 500 plus mile range, Russian River would be a really, really, really good choice. However, however, let's think bigger. <laughs> let's let's go coast to coast. 500 plus miles. I mean, let's let's really push it. I will drive to Vermont, and I'm going to go to Alchemist, and I'm going to get some of the best beer on the planet. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Vermont. I'm going to pick up my Alchemist. I'm gonna swing by, say hi to my family and friends, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back, um, and and uh, yeah, that that's what I would do if I could do an, a, a super duper mega super extended range beer run. I am driving all the way to Vermont and back, and I will I will fucking do it. JC Maldonado at JCM underscore Aldonado, which game will better pre- prepare me for driving in the metaverse? Forza or Grand Theft Auto? Um, probably Forza Horizon because everybody will just send it and and pretend to own cars they don't actually own and all that stuff. Grand Theft Auto is a little too realistic. Um, ben at underscore Rife Heart. With governments mandating electric cars, do you think the world's power grids are going to be able to keep up? Places like California and Texas have shown that they aren't ready for all that extra load. Also, do we have to be fully electric? There are benefits to having both. Yeah, it's not, I mean, there's a lot of interest, infrastructure required before we could just fully push hard for electrics. I love gas. I love electric. I really enjoy both. 
but the timetables to get there are still weird and murky and the the just the infrastructure isn't in a place where the average consumer goes oh i feel comfortable um and i mean yeah and there's there's grid loads and there's all this extra stuff um it can be done if we adjust money in certain ways like you know this could get really political where you're spending too much on x and you move some to y and blah 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 so um which ties into the next question from Eric Tegler at Tegler Writes. Discuss the exploitation of the Clarion Clipperton zone and the negative environmental consequences of BEVs. Got the fortitude for that? So, Eric, I feel like you always are so aggressively negative with anything EV. It's it's like there's no, it's you're either black or white, and, and it's not that. It is definitely not that you know both electric cars and traditional ice you know combustion engine vehicles are polluting um one does it at x point in the the creation of the cycle and the other one does it in this other point and and it, it's you know maybe it's you're taking money to to move it further down the line you're, you're moving your problems around um but i don't want vehicle creation to cause environmental harm but we're not in a place for any type of vehicle to say that they can do that um, unless you're making a solar vehicle out of uh, balsa wood um, so yes i have the fortitude to discuss it but i do not actually have the the full scientific aptitude to debate it um and I have no problem admitting that. I, I know that the Clarion Clipperton zone is being heavily mined or it wants to be heavily mined. And that leads to, I think there's there's elements for batteries down there and it's impacting wildlife. And there's all kinds of really shitty stuff um, that goes on because of that. But there's also areas of the world where we're, we're drilling for oil, where we're destroying forests, where we're doing like, so I, just to, to point, you always seem to be like, you know, it's it's nothing but negatives for EVs, and that is not the case for electric vehicles. It's 100% not the case. We're creating vehicles that have zero emissions once they're out into the public. So if they can refine and make the technology better and then turn figure out ways to use synthetic elements and batteries and there are there are people working on that. So I, I, it's not as cut and dry as you make it. It is not as divisive as it needs to be um do so so i i encourage and i hope and i'm i really want to see people making these batteries and all these other systems for these vehicles to get better and better at making them less damage the creation of them less damaging to the environment um and that's they're that they're trying to do that um I'm sure not every company is trying to do that, but but again, on the other side of it, it's not like internal combustion engines are just like these, you know, like they're not burping out trees out the back of the cars, you know. And so I don't, I don't, I just don't get the attitude that you put forth, you know, especially again, and got the fortitude for that. Like, yeah, I can talk about it, but I, I honestly don't, I, I cannot debate it to a level strongly enough to support my argument, and I'm okay admitting that, um, but I just don't understand the the almost the snark and the attitude where you ultimately just outright dismiss evs like that that that's not that's not how the conversation works and i don't think it's the correct angle to take either um 
boring cars at boring underscore cars. Looking in the crystal ball, electric is hot right now. Assuming it takes over the way ice did the horse, what replaces electric in the future? Well, that won't happen for an extremely, 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 extremely long time. Um, you know, it's possible that hydrogen vehicles get better and the infrastructure grows when people see what that can do. Um, I think, I do think hydrogen will scale well on the commercial size, especially for the big ships going back and forth across the ocean. I think there could be a future there. I think Hyundai could help lead that future in those vehicles. And then maybe when it starts big, scaling it smaller will help and then there'll be more stations. Um, but it, then, I mean, then you get into some sci-fi shit. Then you get into, you know, like little cold fusion devices and, and stuff that doesn't have any current realm in the possibility. That is just me speaking out of my ass, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe hydrogen will, will, won't gain favor, but won't go away. And then all of a sudden we'll come back in a big way because we can't make the batteries cleanly. So then we turn to hydrogen and we say... This we can do it cleanly this way because a hydrogen hydrogen is an onboard energy generator, whereas traditional BEVs are an energy storer. And the the current tech related to the previous question is creating that is kind of messy. And I don't know if it's as messy with hydrogen vehicles. I just know again the emissions are clean, and it's it's neat technology if we can make it work. Victoria at Victoria21. I appreciate you reading my question on your last episode. I appreciate you asking the question. If you were to trade in your first gen Montero, which 4x4 would you replace it with? Oof. Um, there's always a couple. I mean, I always eyeball other other 4x4s. Um, if I had the dough, a 70 series Land Cruiser would be pretty awesome. Um, I think that. Um, a Nissan Patrol is kind of an out-of-the-box choice that you never really see, but they they are out there. You just have to really hunt them down. Um, I still would love a Range Rover Classic. It's just a beautiful machine. Um, and then I, I think a Disco is kind of cool too, a Disco Two or whatever. Um, I, I I think if I was gonna if I was gonna get rid of the Montero, it would have to be for something like that. I I dream it would have to be for well my my dream four by four that I want to own someday is a Defender 130. <clears throat> and there are a few in the country and I know people who know people who can get them. I know someone who had one and sold it and he knows how to get others. And But a Defender 130, for those who don't know, is a, um, it's the quad cab truck. And so it's, 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 and I've ridden in one once in Scotland. Yes, the famous Scotland episode. Um, I've ridden in one once and it's just the it's the coolest thing. It's it's like a 110 plus the usefulness of the bed. Defender 130. I want one so bad. I would I would get rid if I had a chance to buy one, I would drop the Montero in a second. And I love the Montero. Um so I wouldn't just drop it for anything. But a Defender 130 dream vehicle, yeah, I would do it. Sorry, Montero. That's that's the one I would do. <clears throat> Andy the Lab at Andy underscore the underscore lab. Automotive commercials versus reality. How misleading are they? Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really see that many commercials anymore, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't. I don't feel like they can be that misleading anymore. Um, I don't. I, I wish you expanded on your question to dive deeper into exactly what you mean by misleading. Um, because like everything is nice in inside these days. Everything, almost everything, gets good fuel economy. Um. 
I mean, if it shows a vehicle doing stuff off-road, most of those vehicles can do that. I was driving the Nissan Frontier in the dirt today. The Pro 4X is an awesome truck. Um, I would buy it over Tacoma in a heartbeat. Not even It's not even a question. Um, so I, I don't think they are misleading, but maybe I'm missing a lot of this. Well, you know, I guess if you if it's like Brie Larson sliding a Nissan through a city, that's, that's misleading. Um, and that's not a, a comment on Brie Larson. I actually liked Captain Marvel. <clears throat> um, but... I, uh, yeah, I don't see enough commercials to 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 know when they're misleading or not. Um, so I I I can't answer that one correctly. I'm sorry. Mac Murphy at MacFordFan98. Good advice on cool, cheap, fun upgrades to an everyday driver project car. Um, I mean, an easy. If Ron was here, he would agree with me on this one. I think wheels and tires. Um, I mean, it sets off the stance. It sets off the style of a vehicle. So a good set of wheels and tires, and they don't have to be expensive. Uh, my D windows on my F100 were what under a hundred a corner. Probably less. You can get knockoffs. They don't have to be Kragers, you know. Um, even like good American racing wheels are are not that expensive. Um, so I'd say good wheels and tires. And then if you want to just like go with a slightly more aggressive pad is a simple, enjoyable, it, depending on what kind of driving you're doing. If it's something where you're having fun in the canyons, um, a good, a slightly more aggressive pad for the brakes. Again, more aggressive tires. That That alone right there. And then... If you just want to change the shocks with with shocks that you can directly bolt in, so it's like oftentimes just a good set of Bilsteins, it could transform your ride in a really positive way. And then for me from there, again, we're talking daily driver, um, stereo, upgrade your stereo. The things, crutch field still exists. Speakers and head units are dirt cheap. Um, you can add car play to an older car if you want that. So I would say, um, you know, wheels, tires, set off the stance, improve the driving. Uh, not that expensive shocks can change the comfort and the handling. And then on the inside, uh, a, a bumping ass stereo is a good way to go. And if you have a friend with a little bit of wiring know-how, you can do. You can buy the parts and and the the speakers fit in the existing locations. Sometimes it's as easy as unsnapping and snapping into the new speakers, depending on how new your vehicle is. And in that case, it's even easier to swap in a proper audio system. Of course, on every dumb car I buy, it's never the case. Um, Bertie Redfern at Bertie Redfern. What's the next road trip you have planned? And if money was no object, what would the ultimate road trip be? Um, Hopefully we can talk to Lucid's people and do my uh, west to east to west coast beer run. That would be the shit. Um, or maybe I should tell Porsche, I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Could I do it in your car? No, it would be fun to do it in a Lucid. Was that 1,100 horsepower? Um, insane. Uh, next road trip. I want to, well, I'm driving a Mammoth, but that's that's not nothing crazy. Um, I might, I'm driving a Mammoth to the, like, Sunday to Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Going to try to teach my daughter to snowboard for the first time. Uh, and then one of my really good friends originally from Boston, who also lives out here, lived out here for a few years. His family's going up. We're renting cabins near each other. And um, he has young kids, so they're going to do skiing because ski. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Um, I'm like, my daughter's snowboarding, uh, which is terrible. She can do what she wants, but she's going to snowboard. Um, so that's a mini road trip because that's like six hours or so. And we're if I can push the vehicle back, we're going to be doing it in that Maybach GLS 600 um, which will be interesting. And if I can't, we're probably taking the Mazda. Um, so we'll see on that. Dream- Ultimate road trip would involve multiple countries. Um, 
And I don't really know the answer because there's so many, you know, uh, South America to Alaska would be amazing. I've never been to anywhere in Asia. Um, I really want to do that. Uh, just cruise around Europe. I've only been to a few spots in Europe uh, that where you land, you do where I've never got to really like explore Europe. Um, yeah, I mean, to, the dude who does the road shows me is obviously doing it right because he's he's putting his stuff to the test in the most extreme way possible. And those are some kick-ass things. Ultimate road trip is a tough one though. Maybe something that involved... Oh, I don't have a good answer for you here. I'm kind of bummed. Um, you know what? Maybe it'd be like... It would involve a mixture of on and off-road stuff and an earth roamer. Um, I know someone who owns an earth roamer and it looks as cool as you would fucking imagine. Um, and it should because those things are just ungodly expensive. Um, but he's worked hard and he's made his money and, and he deserves it. So good for you, Matt. Um, an earth roamer all over the wherever the fuck you wanted to go on and off-road. So like visiting little towns, trying out the little local food spots. Uh, venturing up into parts of Canada that we were, we were supposed to go to pre-COVID, um, putting it on a boat, sailing it somewhere else, re-catching re up with it, and taking like six months. I don't know if you need to take a full year. Take six months. Six months would be a long time. And just fucking drive the shit out of it. Put like 40,000 miles on it, you know, 50,000 miles on it and... Just get out there and see all the things you wanted to see and being able to do so where if you planned it so you could park that out on the outskirts of certain cities, if like you took it to Europe or something, because that's that's going to get tough. Um, park on the outskirts of certain cities so that you could like go get a hotel if you needed to and then come back to your Earth Roamer and roam and then camp, you know, on the outskirts of a, a vineyard in Italy or, or, or France or something like that. And uh, that there we go. Get an Earth Roamer, put it on a boat to Europe, and then just like eat and drink and eat and drink and eat and drink. And then mountain bike to work off the eating and drinking and eating and drinking. And if I could time it to, um, if I could time it, I'd have to cut my six months time down. So I could do it a summer where my daughter, a summer, so my daughter was out of school so we could all go. Um, it'd be really cool if I could take my dog too, but then. That, that's getting tough. Um, but if you can afford an Earth Roamer and you can afford to ship an Earth Roamer, you can afford to send a dog too. So there you go. That's my answer. That whole thing. Earth Roamer, full family, dog, everybody, and the mountain bike. All right. That was all the Twitter questions for this episode, which is pretty good. And Ron is back from SEMA next week, which will be good. And he has a fun story to talk about. If you go follow him on his Instagram at 777style, you already will know what I'm talking about. That involved a dash cam. And it is hilarious. And it is an amazing bit of karma caught on camera. And it is awesome. And I encourage you to go watch it. Um, and that's going to be it for episode 306. I hope this one was a decent enough solo episode. I think we put in a good amount of time on this one. Um, yeah, we're at 47 minutes per this thing, which would be cut down a little bit for the, all the bullshit chit chat at the beginning. Is that like sweat or something? That's gross. I can see like, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Um, so cheers to you. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Oh. <laughs>